everybody. I'm Nora Resnick. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, I'm moving to Europe. New York is the city of dreams. And it's not so fucking hot. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Oh my God, it is so hot. It's so hot. Dying and brain dead. Oh my God. There's four of us in this room. Five of us in this room. Why did I say four? Um, And we are all dying. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Today on the podcast, we have Pooja Tripathi and Dion Vandenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Yes. We're really excited to have you guys. Yeah. Thank you for being here. it's a nightmare outside. It's so hot in here. I feel like we're all borderline brain dead. It's we're melting. Hot. We're just yeah. melting. Yeah. But it's okay. We just got to accept it. Yeah. New York We've in the summer. It, yeah. It's no joke. Like, yeah. It's brutal. I was, I was waiting forever at the Times Square subway station, and I was just like, this is inhumane. Yeah. The subway is like the fiery pit of Inverno. Like Correct. It, it's very intense down there. People are like taking off their clothes and like sweating. Yeah. The yeah. only gross. good thing to do now is just get ice cream. Yeah. 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 That's you all can, you can do. Ice cream do. and... I knew I liked you. Yeah. <laughs> Today's National Ice Cream Day. We just saw. Yes. Is happy it? National Ice Cream Day. Oh my Day. God. We saw it on Van Leeuwen's Instagram, which is like, <gasps> our favorite. We know the Van Leeuwen people. We do? Yeah. They... I don't know the Van Leeuwen people. <laughs> yeah, you do. They um they opened up one, a Van Leeuwen down the street from our other job, our day job, oh, and yeah. uh, they came and gave us our office some free ice cream. Lucky. Oh yeah, I remember that. They would. I just feel like they're great. Yeah, we don't know them though. But right, we just love I mean, their ice cream. We all claim to know them. It's like <laughs> they're just a known quantity in this world. That's right. They came by with ice cream, and then we gave them bottles of liquor. And I think they were like, "What is happening?" <laughs> they're like, "Why am I carrying tequila? What's going on?" We're like, "Take it, take That's it, and love it." That's our hospitality. Um, yeah, normally I don't love to talk about the weather just because, you know, there's other things to talk about on such a podcast, but it's the only thing that uh, it's on my brain. It's overwhelming. It's extreme. Yeah. You can't so ignore it. Um, that being said, so excited to have both of you here to talk about your incredible, exciting new series called Amsterdam Ave. Are you excited? So, so excited. excited. Yeah. Oh, man. When, um, does it, when does it officially get released? Um, in October. Yeah. Oh, you're Woo! gearing up. Yeah, we're gearing so up. Our trailer's dropping really soon, though. Oh, my God. So we're really excited to finally share it with everyone. Awesome. Before we get into that, I would love to just kind of have both of you introduce yourselves, um, you know, tell the people who you are, and then we can kind of start chatting along and getting into it. But I'd love to know how both of you met um, and your backgrounds and, and how you got to be in the position of creating this show. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, um, when we were in undergrad and in college, we were both studying business at the time. And I think, you know, we both had different creative endeavors in our lives that were really important to us. I played violin for many years and um, since I was three years old, and it was really, really important to me. And, um, you know, I I didn't really know that you all the different positions in film, I wasn't even aware of what you could do. You know, I was really on the path of like, you got to be a doctor. Okay, if not that, then maybe a lawyer. Okay, if not that, maybe like fine, you can go to business school. That's fine for now. So I thought I was going to work in fashion. That was my um, my thing at the time. And um, we actually met in France uh, while I was studying abroad. 
and uh, we met in a club in San Tropez. <laughs> How exotic. That is so fabulous. I like, can't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best person I ever met in a club, that's for sure. We always say. <laughs> did you have mutual friends or did one of you just like? No. Basically what happened was I was with my brother and a friend and Pooja was there with a friend. And my brother was into Pooja's friend. Oh. So, you know, he like, yeah. He's, he danced on he danced over. danced on over. <laughs> And then somehow we all like merged as a group. We just became and one big group. We yeah. toasted. And we danced. <laughs> exactly. I want to make like a TV show about this. <laughs> I want to make a TV show about you guys making the TV show. Well, we would wow. love that. Yes. <laughs> and the subsequent podcast about the TV show about us making a TV show. Yeah. Done. Amazing. Okay. Really important question. How did it work out with the brother and the friend? Nothing did not. happened. Oh. No. Did not. It was really just a one hour fling. <laughs> All right. You know what? That's happens. sometimes all it needs to be. Yeah. And then, like, this was more and then important. This, happened. Than, this yeah. was a true it, story. It was yeah. actually us meeting more than the brother and the friend. Yes. Yeah. And, and we that. didn't know when we met that this was going to, you know, we had no clue. No, Dion actually was interested in looking at acting schools in the US. And I went to Carnegie Mellon and they have an acting school. So we were kind of in touch talking about that. Yeah. And then in the summer, um, after. I think it was two summers after. Yeah, two years later. Two I years. came to New York to do a summer school in acting. And I was interning and at Fendi. I was working in fashion. And, um, and then after that, we, we kind of kept in touch over the years. We both went, wound up here again. Yeah. Um, I started out also working in fashion. I worked at a bunch of brands like Bloomingdale's and Dior. Um, and I really tried to keep going with the creative, you know, I didn't know where to channel this creative energy because I was really working in a corporate office, even though it sounds like fashion is really, but it was, it was like digital marketing and buying. And I tried to be in bands. I play violin. I still play violin and bands and indie bands and jazz bands. And, but then ultimately, you know, you were here, um, yeah. for acting school. Yeah. I was here for acting school because basically for me it was, I was growing up in, in the Netherlands and. I did a lot of theater, like dance-related things, and I was also studying business because uh, my parents were like, just get your degree and then <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah. Um, so when I finally graduated business and got into acting school, that's when, yeah, I finally moved to New York to study acting. And then Pooja was here, so we hung yeah. out a ton. And after graduating acting school, I actually moved to LA to, to act there, to go to auditions. And after a while of being there and seeing uh, the scary things that happened, auditioning in LA and, you know, all the, all the issues that come with that. Um, yeah, I started writing and producing my own work and short films first. And then Pooja visited me in LA and she helped me with a couple of things on my short film. Yeah, we did. We, I remember we had a casting and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever <laughs> been a part of. This is so fun. I, I like casting as well. It's oh, so I like fun. The, cool. Being on that side of casting, I used to be an actress and I mm. hated auditioning, but I yeah. loved once I got to the other side of the couch, it was like a totally different experience. It's super cool. It's so wild. You just yeah. make up a character and then there they all are in front of you. It just, that's how I felt at the time, the first time we ever did it. Yeah, it was the first time for me as well. So it was, it was really fun to do that with Pooja too. We were like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, then we started writing together. We also, like, during my sc acting school, we already had the idea for maybe one day have our own show. Um, but we didn't really know anything yet. But then after, you know, doing some 
producing, doing some writing. That's when we started writing together. Yeah, and after after having some of these more corporate fashion jobs, I landed upon this job that was I was a producer for um, a company that covers fashion weeks. So it was kind of the first time I got to experience a little bit more about what it's like to be in film. And I did interviews with people and you know designers and you know models, editors, whoever was there. But I got to meet all these people who were working at the production company, and they were all—they all had their own projects. And I was like, "Wow, this is a whole new world where people are creating their own short films, their own series, and everything we were talking about about creating a TV show became more realistic as we started to learn more about how to do that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because also with the short films, I started Fountain Avenue Productions, and basically it happened that our crew was all female. And I was like, this is so amazing. Like, I get to, like, pick with who I work. And it's such a great synergy that's happening. So that became, like, the, the, the thing about Fountain Avenue Productions, that it had to be all-female all as much as possible. So that's what we kept doing, too, um, with all our productions. Like, we did a vegan comedy musical web series, Kombucha Cha Cha. <laughs> a, a vegan comedy <laughs> musical web series? Yes. Yes. That's phenomenal. Our characters are mango and apricot. <laughs> oh my God. They live and in it's a called veggie kombucha world. Cha? Kombucha cha cha. Three chas. Yeah. I have a lot of friends in LA who would love to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all started with our, our music video, Plant Based, which is like a folk song that turns into a rap with veggies, like and people sing. as veggies. Dancing on a rooftop in New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Side note, sidebar, and we can't, I mean, let's not go too far into this rabbit hole. What did you think of the new Cats trailer? If we have dancing, I'm just thinking about like dancing veggies, dancing cats. I feel like it's all very related. I actually haven't seen it yet either. No, that's good. Because it would have derailed the whole conversation. (laughs) But I have seen the cats like parody from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I don't know if you've seen that, which Fred Armisen is in and Megan Amram. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen a still funny. of Fred Armisen doing <laughs> yeah. this. All our favorite people. Oh, yeah. my God. Dressing up as cats to be on, <laughs> on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which we love. Which we also <laughs> love, yeah. Amazing. I love that. I just kind of bouncing back to what you were saying, Dion, is, uh, you know, you were talking about auditioning in L.A. and it being this kind of, like, crushing, disappointing, weird experience. Yeah. Um, I love that you turned it into such an empowering thing to then, you know, meet up with Pooja and be doing this like be doing your own stuff and writing your own content and like making the things you want to make I think that that is so incredible oh thank you yeah no I'm I I couldn't be happier that I made that switch yeah yeah Yeah. and after hearing everything from you know our crews how much they love you know being on an all-female crew I feel especially lucky that I've basically only really worked with women having worked in fashion and then now at with Fountain um it's been all women so I feel very lucky for that. But we hear from our crews all the time how excited they are to be on an all-female crew. And it's a rare thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then we also serve everyone vegan food, too, while yeah. we're at it. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Vegan crafty. <laughs> so how long from when you started with the Amsterdam Ave concept to getting it, starting to get it actually made? Because, like, there's an initial idea, then you have to start writing it and then start, I assume, raising funds and all that. So how long did it take? Yeah, so we got the idea, like, I would say a couple years ago, but we didn't start writing until, like, two years ago, I think. Like, And it's changed so many times. It's taken yeah. so many different shapes. In the beginning, it was just an idea for a show involving, you know, X, Y, and Z things, but it's really evolved Um and it, last summer, we started out by making a pilot 
Um, so we wrote that and we, we made that. But then um, from there, it even kind of developed more into a six-episode web series um, when we made the decision on how we, what we thought would be the most interesting version of the story, basically. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. So let's get into it. Like, let's talk a little bit about, tell us about Amsterdam. Uh, what is it? What inspired it? Um, yeah. Just a little bit of background on it. Yeah, so Amsterdam Ave is about two girls. One of them is Dutch and lives in Amsterdam and is engaged to her boyfriend. And she has actually this dream of becoming an actress in New York. And then the other is an Indian-American girl living in New York who works in fashion. And um, she has a dream of being a DJ in Amsterdam. So they switch places. They do a house swap. And uh, we've kind of followed their lives um, as expats. So the show really touches on themes of living abroad and getting used to a different culture, learning the language, assimilating there, um, and also following. Following your dreams. Um, yeah, not doing what society tells you you should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and what you see around you, everyone's kind of doing one thing. Maybe all your friends are getting married. Maybe they all have corporate jobs, whatever it is, feeling like you can break out of that and do what it is that you really want. Oh, my God. So relatable. So relatable. I moved to New York three years ago. And when um, Amsterdam, Ev, when I saw your deck for it and I saw, you know, you, we were talking about having you guys on, I was like, this is so incredibly timely, not only because I'm like just in the green card process. Immigration mm. is. Where did you move from? I moved from Canada. Oh, OK. Yeah. So. Yes. I love, I think it's just such an incredible topic, you know, not only for immigration being such a huge global conversation right now, but also as women, I think women are very much at the forefront of these conversations and at the forefront of these experiences. And I think that it's so cool that you guys kind of decided to pick up on that and create this series about it. Cool. Thank yeah. You. I mean, it was a very familiar story, of course. Um, Pooja being in a corporate job before and yeah. leaving that for creative for a creative path and you know deciding to become an artist and and for me obviously the process of of moving from from Amsterdam to New York so this was yeah it felt very familiar to us and and it's yeah. also a story of our families as well um yeah. like you talk about immigration and how women are at the forefront of that and I just think about you know my grandmother I actually call her Oma which is the same thing that Dion calls her grandmother just because my grandparents lived in Germany for 10 years. And, you know, when I think about Oma and how she moved from India away from everything she knew and, you know, she had kids and brought them to Germany. Um, for her, you know, of course, her husband, he had, he had a job there and they had a life there, but she was the one having to bring up kids in a new place, bear the burden of that, also look for a job. And she was, um, she was able to be an occupational therapist. She was in one of the first... Uh, all like female graduating classes of that in India. Wow. But um, she had to work at a tape recorder factory first because, you know, she had to take what she could get. And so, and then I look at my mom also coming here and it, immigration is a big part also of my family history. I mean, I was born here, but when I, when I talk to them, it's just, I see how much work it was and how difficult it was to defy what their family would say or their friends and do something like that and bring their kids to a new place, how hard that must have been. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same in, in my family. My grandmother moved from Suriname to Holland um, with, with kids, three kids, and she was divorced and she was a teacher. So yeah, having to start all over with, you know, kids, which one of them, my mom was a baby, six months old, and having to start your life over in a completely different country and city and teaching 
hits with a different accent than the kids have. And yeah, that whole story, I think, is ingrained in both of our family histories. So yeah, definitely. My mom always mentions she's moved schools 14 times when she was growing up between wow. Canada, Germany, India. Yeah. So it's that can be so isolating, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. That's yeah. Wild. I think in one of the schools, like they thought she was uh, there was something wrong with her because she was speaking German and they didn't know what she was saying. It was in India. So it's it's pretty crazy to be that that level of an expat kid. So how much of that sort of cultural background did you bring into making this? A lot. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, a lot. I think we it comes up in this in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my character also being Dutch Surinamese and growing up bicultural and then moving to the U.S. and discovering that, you know, she's not seen as that um, as, because in the U.S. they don't know about Suriname. Um, so that's a bit of a, a storyline. And, and we touch upon the Indian community as well. I mean, it's particularly difficult to break out of, you know, the typical jobs. You know, it's the immigrant mentality of wanting to make sure your kids are going to be taken care of in a, in a stable job. And I totally understand that and it makes sense. But I think um, that it makes it that much more difficult to kind of break free of a corporate type job. And we talk about that. And, you know, communities can, can talk a lot, no matter what community it is. And it can be hard to drown out voices of people who are constantly giving you advice of what you should do when really, when you're at work, like they'll just be at their job hanging out and you're the one at your job. You're the one who's living it every day. So we touch upon that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's so much, uh, obviously, you know, there's so much culturally that goes into a show like this. There's speaking to your own backgrounds and kind of parsing through all of the different stories that are there that could be told. What's the process like for writing this? That's something that's personal to both of you, but also, you know, you're trying to get across larger themes and kind of tie it all together. Was it was it overwhelming to start or did you find it kind of flowed? I feel like we we started, we just started with one idea and we mm-hmm. were like, let's just put this down. Let's draw some things from our experiences, some things not. And it changed so much to the point where I think the two main characters, Maya and Kieran, they're not exactly us. I mean, there are some things in their experiences that overlap, but there are, I don't, I'm not a DJ in real life, for example. And there are a lot of things that um, we added on because we thought it would tell the story better. Um but it yeah. was a long process. It was a long process, but we I think we work really well together, so it, do, it does feel like it flows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would make a lot of changes, but then, yeah, it would just flow because we just talk about it a lot and then sometimes go off writing on our own or then write together um, and just discuss a lot of things and put it on paper. Kind of lived within this Amsterdam Ave world for quite a while yeah, where it was yeah. the main thing we were thinking about. And Dion would be like, I just took a shower. I thought of another idea. <laughs> and she'd like call me. And so we were kind of just talking all day Constantly. long, whether it's like in person or over like WhatsApp voice message. Yeah. Um, you get frustrated sometimes and be like, ah, and then go home. And then suddenly you'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I thought of this. Like, what do you think? Yeah. 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 That's so cool. I love it. Um and thinking about kind of like immigration as a topic and, you know, we talk about your grandmothers and how women are very much at the forefront of these conversations, I feel like lately. I feel like it's women that we hear from mostly of like talking about the issues that are present, whether it's the refugee community or um, just what's going on in the news. What do you think is feminist about immigration or about, you know, cultural experience? And and how was that kind of important to um, show in, in Amsterdam Ave? Well, I think, you know, what's feminist is stepping into your own power as a woman. 
and making a big choice for yourself to to do something even if it's not the the safest option or the most you know the most comfortable option um but you do it because you feel like you have to for some reason i think that's that's feminist about it you're thinking from the standpoint of your whole family and what this will mean for your, for your family not that you know men don't think about that but i just think often that rests on the shoulders of women more so and um and when i think about my experience and i think about you know, like we said with our omas and my mother and how, how hard that is to to say, I'm making this choice to leave, you know, they say that, you know, it takes a whole community to raise a kid. And especially in Indian culture, that's definitely present. But to break free from that and say, no, I'm going to move to first Germany, then Canada, and then ultimately everyone's now in the U.S. It's, it's not only just a move for yourself, but it's kind of a cultural statement saying that is how a lot of people raise their kids. Yes, but I'm going to make this choice for my family that I feel is best. And like you mentioned, step into that power and, and make that decision. Yeah, that's so cool. I love it. One of the shows that um, I feel like immigration is also starting to come up more in Hollywood. This mm-hmm. is a podcast about Hollywood, so we try to talk about yeah, <laughs> Put it all in the context of that, yeah. that giant machine. But um, I think it's starting to kind of um, come into Hollywood through TV shows and through movies. But I also think that immigration is portrayed almost a little bit one-dimensionally sometimes. Um, is that something that you've both found as as you've been developing this show and, and thinking about your own contributions to this, uh, yeah. to the landscape? Yeah, there are lots of different types of immigration, um, mm-hmm. different reasons why people immigrate and different contexts of their their lives. Um, mm-hmm. For in our show, I think it's very personal, like the way that I moved to moved to New York. Um, so yeah, we tried to make it specific. And I think we also, we also talked a lot about the fact that we see, um, more and more on screen, we're seeing a lot of people who are maybe Indian American or, Mm -hmm. you know, European American or whatever it is, but we don't often see like an actual foreign perspective in Mm -hmm. the U S and what it would be like for an American living in Europe and having to, not just there on vacation, not just there for like an extended, you know, gap year or something, but really living there and having to be in a place where you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So we thought it was a new perspective. Yeah, definitely. Are there any shows that, or TV or movies that you watched growing up or, or recently that kind of uh, you think are really you know, great representations of this type of topic or just movies that maybe inspired you as creators? So many. <laughs> so <laughs> many. I know, it's like one of those questions you're like, man, I'm blank, because there are literally hundreds. <laughs> so many. Well, if we look at stuff we're watching now, we love Master of None, Insecure. Mm-hmm. Of course, we love Fleabag. Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all the time. We've been watching Big Little Lies and Euphoria every Sunday. Yeah. Euphoria stresses me out. It's stressful, but it's, it's so stressful. good. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I can put up with a lot of, like, content and like you know intensity yeah and i watched the first episode and i was like oh i don't i don't know it gets less stressful i feel it does okay. as yeah. it goes on i feel like the beginning right. is really stressful yeah, yeah. pilots try to knock you over the head oh my god <laughs> i was like Zendaya, are you okay can somebody text her please like is she okay oh my god um did you have do you have i don't want to put you guys in any sort of box but like in pitching the show or whatever do you have a sort of like log line of amsterdam ab is the like an amalgamation of X, Y, and Z show or like shows that you would point to that say, you know, were inspired by it. And again, I don't want to put you in a box and, and you're doing your own thing, but I think just for people who haven't seen it yet I to like kind of understand going into it, what they're going to be watching. Yeah. We talk about girls 
girls. We, we talk yeah. about Master of None because you see some a lot of like multicultural elements in Master of None. Yeah. Um, we love the style of Insecure. Insecure. Uh, yeah, I would say the dramedies. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a dramedy, and particularly where women are the main yeah. focus and the main characters. But I don't think we've seen a show yet where two two international cities are shown side by side, and I think that's that's definitely unique about our show that it takes place in in both these places, and it really does take place there. It's not like we yeah. shot it on a. Did you shoot in Amsterdam? We did. Yeah. Yes, all over Holland actually. We went all to like over some small cities too. Yeah, like Gouda, like the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And Volendam. Volendam, yeah. yeah, which is like a fisherman's village. How long? How long were you in Amsterdam shooting, or in uh, Netherlands shooting? We were there. Well, you were there for a month. Yeah, yeah. And I was there for three weeks. We shot for eight days. Eight days, yeah. But with pre-production and everything. Oh, that's so cool! And you had an all-female crew. Mostly, Almost. yeah. As much as we could, yeah. Incredible! I love yeah. it. Yeah. Very cool. Um, this is a show where we try to give unsolicited advice, <laughs> unsolicited opinions and all of the things. I would love to know, you know, as creators, you're coming out with your own show. You're obviously going, this is the beginning. Um, I'd love to know what your advice to Hollywood is. And I'd love to know, like, what you want to see them do, them in air quotes. Um, but what feminist advice would you have for Hollywood? Um, I would say that, I, and we've seen this around before, but it, we've definitely gotten better with like representation over the last few years. But I think an important thing is saying, okay, we have, yeah, that one show with, you know, representing Indian people, one show representing African-American community, but it doesn't need to be one show. And I think it's great. We have, we have more of this, but I think the important thing to remember is one is not enough and it just needs to, it needs to continue and, and the momentum needs to continue and, we don't want to token tokenize it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, I would say for Hollywood, like <laughs> to all of Hollywood, <laughs> the all of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <Quite a statement. laughs> I would say, yeah, like there's been progress that's made, which is good, but don't let it just be an HR strategy. Yes. You know, like a, well said. Yeah, don't just put it out there like, oh, we're doing this and that. Like, actually, let it fully. D- fully change the yeah. the company's structures and the industry and everything. Yeah, we talk a lot about corporate fem- feminism. Yeah. And how it just sometimes doesn't feel quite as genuine when when the reasoning behind it is just really to for PR. It's for, for PR. PR. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's like at, is there actual representation happening especially on the top tier? Is there space being made? Is there a plurality of voices? Exactly. It's all super important. Yeah. Amazing. Um, cool. Do you have any other questions? Um, well, we didn't quite, we, we usually, you usually would do it at the top of the show, but I'd be curious as to some of the content that, um, influenced you growing up that sort of led you to where you are now, um, whether it's a direct influence and you were like, I'm going to make that type of thing one day, or I don't want to make that, or I feel like this is missing. What, what sort of spoke to you in the world of film, television, theater, art in general? Yeah. As a as a kid, I the biggest thing for me was the Parent Trap the movie. Which one, the Lindsay Lohan Lindsay or the Lohan version? I was obsessed with it and I rem- it might have been my first movie I saw in a movie theater and I remember watching and just be like, 
whoa, like for one, where is my twin? <laughs> <laughs> I asked my parents and they were like, what? They were like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? And uh, second of all, like, how do I do this? Like, how do I get on there and like be part of this? This is so cool. Um, and then later on, like during my teens, I watched a lot of, a lot of shows and a lot of these shows weren't in Holland. So you had to, you know, find ways uh, which I did, and it was like, I, I downloaded anything I could find, but um, yeah, a lot of like very strong female-driven shows um, was yeah. what I was into, definitely. I'm thinking even also Glee, actually, I was really into. Mm. Glee! <laughs> Loved Glee. And we have an aspect of that in our show, too. We do. With the acting school. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's definitely influenced by Glee. Yeah. And also the musical you guys made. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the parent trap, they switch places. They switch places. They do. Yeah, I, they do, actually. They do. Uh, yeah. I was going to I was gonna mention that. I'm like, I feel like you kind of have made, a, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's elements. like a mix of Glee and <laughs> the parent trap. <laughs> Just pretty crazy. And uh, what what other shows? There was like The O.C. Love <gasps> The O.C. Gossip Love Girl. Gossip Girl. Um, suits. Which suits is great. Is great. Awesome. Unpopular opinion. I love Suits. I, Do you find you have to defend unpopular? Suits a lot? I don't. I know. I think no, maybe I it's just my it. asshole friends. I, <laughs> I loved Suits. Especially those first seasons. Yeah. yeah. The first seasons are really where it's great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think for me, you know, I, I also loved a lot of these female-driven shows. Even when I was a really little kid, I was obsessed with Powerpuff Girls. Mm, obsessed yes. with, and I used to have my stepdad throw pillows at me so I could kick them so I could feel like I'm Powerpuff Girls. That's oh awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe he did it. Very nice of him. But, um, at, you know, and as we got a bit older, I, I loved, like, Desperate Housewives. I remember in my high school dorm, we would all get together and watch it every Sunday. It was like a ritual, and we got shirts with our names uh, written on one side and then our character on the other. I was Susan. I don't even know why. We were like 13, so it doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. Then Classic. I loved Ugly Betty. I loved, oh, loved yeah. Ugly Betty. Such I was talking about Ugly show. Betty the other day with somebody, and I'm just like, man, like it was just so good. So good. It was so, so hilarious. It was so yeah. subversive. Yeah. It was. And she was Latina, and we, we yeah. got to see a lot of – her cultural background, which is super cool. Yeah. Yep. And and movie wise, I was obsessed with Amelie. And oh, really and beautiful movie. It. Yeah. And I think it just showed me that like movies didn't have to be like necessarily like how to lose a guy in ten days or these types of things. They could they could be quirky and the main character could be weird a little bit. And totally. And I loved the music. The soundtrack was yeah. just I loved it and it kind of led into my Paris phase. I had a Paris phase. <laughs> May we all have a Paris phase. I feel like that is important in life. And that's where I met Dion. I mean, not in Paris, but in France. In France so, um, yeah. but yeah, those types of movies. And of course, I love The Devil Wears Prada. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God, so good. I loved it. So, yeah. um, Classic female-driven yeah. content movies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so cool too, like in thinking about, this is something I think about a lot is like, um, how people come to their feminism and how people like come to their like th their own version of feminism and what it means to them. It's like so much of it for me was grounded in movies and TV and pop culture. That's why I do this. Um, but I think it's like it almost becomes a thing where it's serendipitous. It's like you loved you had a Paris phase and you met Dion in France and you right. loved the parent trap and you made Amsterdam have. And yeah. like it's just I think there's so many you know, it's oftentimes not conscious. It's not um, intentional. But I think 
all of these influences are always so interesting to look back on. They are, for yeah. sure. For me also, I was growing up with four brothers. So I always felt this very strong feminist drive. <laughs> and they would always watch, like, all the men's content. You know, like, yeah. even... I loved seeing Booksmart just yeah. because my brothers would always watch, like, super bad and I wouldn't like it. <laughs> so, just, you know, it's cool to see that. that yeah. Things like that are happening. And, it all, yeah, it all makes sense when you look back to your, to your history and you're like, oh, wow, that's, so that's how I got here. Yeah, I have yeah. two older brothers and I, would, I was so, like... And people always ask, like, were you just trying to, like, fit in with them and keep up with them? I'm like, no. I was like, I wanted my own thing. I yes. wanted, like, my own shows, my own content, my own, like, experience of the world. Exactly. I was like, I can watch this shit. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What was it? Jackass or? Oh, oh horrible. Jackass. I also grew up with brothers. And my brothers loved Beavis and Butthead. Oh, my God. And I was like, get this content. Get this away from me. <laughs> yeah. I hated it. I hate it so deeply. Yeah, me too. And like trying to explain to men why you hate things like this, it's just useless. It's yeah. just, they're just like, well, you they just don't get it. It's like, yeah. well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're like, go upstairs. Right. <laughs> go upstairs was my favorite. Yeah, that's like the party line of my childhood. It's like, Dinah, go upstairs. And I had a bit of the opposite experience because I was an only child and I had, you know, my mom and my grandma. And, yep. you know, but of course, I feel like somehow, even with my dad and my stepdad, it was still somehow a very feminist household of, they never I kind of watched whatever I wanted I was the only kid and then working in fashion and you know I was pretty shocked when I started to realize what was really going on and I was like this cannot be possible like it needs to be the way that I felt growing up yeah and when Dion would tell me about all this stuff I I was like oh my gosh that sounds terrible (laughs) having no control over the remote let alone like other (laughs) other bigger problems I feel like we're in recovery we're like yeah we are we're taking it back we the are. remote. <laughs> yes. Take back the remote. Hashtag take back the remote. <laughs> the lesser known taking back my time yeah. is taking back the remote. It's where it begins. It is where it begins. Yeah. Oh, I love that so deeply. Women need to take back the remote. It's just <laughs> in so many ways. Um, amazing. I, this has been so awesome. Is there anything else that we missed or anything you want to call out or share about it? Well, we'd love to, if people wanted to follow Amsterdam Ave, you can find us on Instagram, amsterdamav.theseries. And um, we're going to be, the show will be on our YouTube channel, Fountain Avenue Productions. We're also on Twitter and on Facebook. Yeah. Um, And we would love for you guys to be following on updates. We're going to be having screenings. Screenings. We're going to, yeah, do it in New York. Um, We're also looking at Holland, like Amsterdam and everything. Um, Other cities in the U.S., possibly globally. (laughs) So depending on our schedules, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a New York screening plan date and everything yet or not yet? Not yet. We're in the works. Yes. Follow along. So please follow and stay tuned. That yeah. was going to be my next question is how can we support you? So yes, we will, we will follow and we're going to be at the screening. Yeah. Yes. 100%. That'd be awesome. Um, but Absolutely. yeah. So, so many congratulations. This Thank is so you. exciting. It comes out in October. Yeah. October. October. Keep it dialed. How many episodes is it? Six episodes. Six, six are episodes. you releasing, are you allowing us to binge your series? Or are you uh, releasing week by week? Week by week. Ah, yes. <laughs> Torturing me. I, I love a good binge session. Yeah, Nora, only, you only binge. I only binge. Yeah, you don't. I won't watch Big Little Lies season two until I can binge until it. Until you can binge it. That's <laughs> like my mom. I'm like, basically I'm media blackout in certain areas of my life because people keep wanting to talk about it. And I'm like, I'm. You're like, no. 
No. At wait, this point, no I almost feel like the first season of Big Little Lies is meant to be binged. It's almost yeah. like a, it's a movie. It's a, like yeah. it's like I I watched it. This is embarrassing, and I shouldn't announce this publicly. But a good friend of mine and I started watching it and ended up just watching all of the first season in one night. We're like we've we've come this far. <laughs> That's like eight hours. That's so so much. Correct. It's like <laughs> it's a lot. We're like we've come this far. Sure, we have work tomorrow, and we stayed up till like three or four in the morning. <gasps> we're like oh we just God. need to wow. know. Yeah, no, it's I don't have I've I've learned to lean into my lack of self-control. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I feel that I watched the whole season of fifth season of girls with my mom and stepdad in the same day. Great oh, move. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. They were more in and out. I was really there yeah. on the couch. Yeah. yeah. You were like with it. Oh yeah. Is that the season where that's Shoshana moves season. to Japan? Thank you. Yes. yes. Actually that was another, with the Central another Park good episode. Influence. Yeah, with Marnie. Is the, that the season with Marnie's wedding? Yes. Yeah. That is, I think, my favorite episode of all time. Such a good season, yeah. Ugh, that scene with, like, Adam Driver and uh, the guy who plays Linda Dunham's boyfriend at the time. And oh, De- Desi. 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 Desi can Desi have in his general. Own. I'm ready for the Desi spinoff. Like, I need more from that character, yes. 100%. I don't know if I do. He's so weird. <laughs> uh. You're like, no, that's not happening. We can do better than that. Um... Yeah, the scene where Adam Driver's like not even speaking in full sentences. He's like, oh, good, 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 good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. It's just like, oh. That was so good. Yeah, so he's good. amazing. Oh, love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank um, you, guys. Thank you guys so much. This was yes. awesome. And we will, you know, we're going to follow along. We're going to follow your success, the release. It's all coming up. Um, but yeah. And be sure to follow Beaver Talk um, on Instagram because we're going to be promoting all of the Amsterdam of everything. Um, (laughs) But thank you so much for being here and happy Feminist Wednesday. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. Beaver Talk. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.